0: Okay, so you heard me mention that tomorrow at 11 o'clock Eastern time here, I will be doing a talk, a more detailed talk on heaven and what it's like. But it ties to this gospel passage beautifully because Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place. Um, I, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places and I'm going to prepare a place for you. So Does that mean heaven's a physical place? Do we have bedrooms there? Uh, Will it be physical? Will it be spiritual? What will it be like? We're going to talk to you about that. Now, why do I bring all this up? Because as a priest, my job, my role, my vocation given by God is to get you to heaven. First and foremost, myself, which that's that's a work in progress, but to get you to heaven. A lot of you say, Father, I've become a Marian helper. Now what? Now what? Is you join us in getting to heaven. We have a big day planned tomorrow at 11 o'clock. First of all, nine o'clock, Father Caz will celebrate the Mass. At 11 o'clock, I will do the talk on heaven and what heaven is like. Then at three o'clock, join us for the first Saturday devotion, which is critically important. We'll do a consecration of St. Joseph because tomorrow, May 1st, is the feast of St. Joseph the worker. All of this is to help get you to heaven. This is our role. And as a Marian helper, God has sent you here to be part of this Process to be part of his sheepfold. You know, as we just read, God tells us that he is preparing a mansion for us. And when I was a kid, I always used to, well, not a kid, probably a young adult, I always used to envision that God was taking these bricks or Mary and literally building the mansion. And the more holy you are, the bigger mansion you're going to get, the more beautiful mansion. And to some degree, there's some truth to that. You know, every time I used to call, you've heard me say, I call Mary my brick broker. What, what is a broker? I said before, a broker is somebody you give their, your money to and they invest it for you. They, they multiply it. So whatever you have, a suffering, a stub toe, a humiliation, a joy, an excitement, a holy communion, the grace of forgiveness in the confessional. Send up a brick. That's what it means to offer it up. As I always say, I used to hate that term, offer it up, because I thought that meant I didn't get what I wanted. Offer it up means that you are giving something back to God, because remember, he gives so much to us. So we can offer up our pains, our joys, our sufferings. Every time something happens, good or bad, stop for a minute and offer up a brick. That brick, now I'm talking metaphorically here, okay, that brick can be used by Mary given into the hands of Jesus to build this mansion in heaven that Jesus talks about in the scripture here. So in a way that's true, but the church teaches heaven is more of a state of being. It's in the heart than it is so much a physical place. It's a complete union with God. It is a complete bliss. It is, again, we experience it here on earth through Mass, through Holy Communion. It's in the heart. Now, the Bible tells us in one place that we will see God face to face. And in another place, the Bible says nobody has beheld the face of God. So what's with this contradiction? All right the The vision of God is not seeing him with your two eyeballs. All right? The human eyeballs. He is pure spirit. So this vision of God is not understood as seeing him, like I said, with the eyes. It's more intuitive. It's more intellectual vision. Um, Matthew eighteen ten says the angels behold the face of God. Well, how do they? They don't have eyeballs. Okay, so they see him, quote unquote, with this intellectual or directly intuited vision. We call that the beatific vision. And tomorrow, join us. We'll completely explain what is the beatific vision. All right. Now, <clears throat> I want to give you a little highlight of what I want to talk about tomorrow in much more detail because I think this is interesting. Peter Kreeft uh, endorsed uh, the book I wrote with Brother Jason, and I got a chance to talk with him, and he wrote a beautiful endorsement. He became um, like a partner with me in this mission of explaining God being outside of time. And I should say I became a partner of his because he did much more better work and in, in prior work than I ever did. But I admire him. If you ever get a chance, he is a philosophy professor at Boston College. And if you ever get a chance to read his work, like he has a book, The Seven Things About Heaven That You Never Knew or You Never Knew to Ask or Never Thought of Asking. He is phenomenal. Again, his name is Peter Kreeft. And I want to give you just a couple highlights I'm going to talk about tomorrow that he points out about heaven. Well, Father, how do you know this? You've never been to heaven. No, I don't have to have been. God has revealed it through scripture, through sacred tradition, this apostolic tradition that we have through the saints, through mystics. Um, We know a lot what has been revealed to us. People always say, well, where's that in the the Revelation is more than just the Bible. We have apostolic tradition. This sacred tradition through the lives of the saints and church fathers is not to be just thrown away. And after the Protestant Reformation, it was basically thrown away. That's a huge mistake. All right. So a couple highlights to join us tomorrow. All right. First of all, will we know everything in heaven? No. Heaven isn't divinity god is in heaven we will remain human which is we're finite and we will share in the divine life yes this is true but we do that in a way now when we receive holy communion so knowing everything probably would be not a good thing because we're not omnipotent we don't have the power to change it it probably would really cause us to despair and so God, only God, who is omnipotent, meaning all powerful, is also omniscient. Even Satan is not omniscient. He can't know everything. And so be careful what you say and gossip and other things, because then those words can be heard by spirits. All right. So God gives us this chance to ensure in the divine life, but we won't know everything. We'll be like children. Now, what are Children they realize they don't know everything. That's the whole point. It's humility. We don't know everything. And, and, but all we know is what we don't know. And so this is important. All right. Will everybody be equal in heaven? Again, I'm borrowing from Peter Kreeft here. Will everybody be equal in heaven? This is what is sweeping the world right now. Socialism, communism, everybody and everything has to be equal. This is a huge mistake. It's a new form of pride that nobody can be better than me. So therefore, I'm going to put everybody on the same plane. This is wrong, and this is not how it is in heaven. We need heroes like the martyrs that died for our faith. They're going to be revered in heaven in that way. In heaven, we will be unique. And do you know, this is fascinating. That God has given you, whether you have found it or not, is another question. But God has given you something that you will do better than any other soul in eternity. A certain attribute of his that you will adore or a certain way you will come to know him. Every soul, there will be something they will do or uh, a skill. As something they will have that no other soul in created history will have. You will be that unique. Well, Father, we should all be equal. No, justice doesn't mean equality. What are you talking about, Father? Justice means giving someone their due. And God deserves a lot more due worship from me than a sports figure. Or a great businessman. Or a great entrepreneur. Justice doesn't mean equality, but giving someone their due. If it was all about equality, that would mean that we should treat a pig like a man. And there are many people who say that. Yes, Father, you should treat a pig like a person. Okay, well then in that argument, that would mean we would treat people like pigs. So we have to understand what Peter Kreeft is saying here. It's fascinating. This is important. In the body the kidney doesn't rebel, Peter Kreef says, because it can't see like the eye. And the eye doesn't rebel because it can't filter our urine like the kidney. They're different. So let us rejoice in that difference. Unlike this crazy culture now that's trying to eliminate all differences. That's of Satan. All right, Next. Do those in heaven see us? Oh, Father, you can't talk to the dead. They're dead. Mary is dead laying in the ground. Well, what about the transfiguration? Did Jesus not talk to Moses and Elijah? They were long since deceased on earth. All right. Yes, we are surrounded, the Bible says, by a cloud of witnesses. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living for all are alive in him. That's the Bible. The communion of saints through the body of Christ, are linked and Jesus connects them because Jesus reigns in heaven and he is present on earth in the Eucharist. He is in heaven and still on earth in this Eucharist. Remember, Jesus said, I will remain with you to the end of time. How could he mean that when he ascended to the Father? He left us. How could he leave us? He says, I'm leaving now. I'm going to the Father. But yet he says, I will remain with you to the end of the time. How? The Eucharist. That's how. All right. What about ghosts? Peter Kreef talks about ghosts. Yes, ghosts are spirits. And they could come from one of three places. Heaven, hell, or purgatory. If they come from hell, they're going to try to deceive you. If they come from purgatory, they're going to have to ask, or they're probably going to ask for prayers from you. And they might move things around like in Steubenville. We had a crazy series of events. And then Father Don finally said a mass for anybody in that house who'd ever died. The house was like 100 years old. And we found out some people, a woman had died in the house. Once Father Don said the mass, it all stopped. So a soul might be from purgatory asking for prayers. Or it might be from heaven to help us. And so we have to discern this. All right, yes, we don't conjure up spirits. This, the, the devil or the um, devil could deceive us if we did. The ghosts, as I said, can come from heaven, hell, or purgatory. So that is why we stick to the saints. Because we have proof and we know positive by revelation of God through his church that they've come to help us. But they exist. All right. Is there sorrow in heaven? Now, this isn't interesting. Is there sorrow in heaven? No, Father. God says in scripture, that it will wipe away every tear and there will be no more death, sorrow, crying or pain because these former things have been passed away. That's revelation, right? OK, what about Mary? Who weeps at the sins of man? Mary shows sorrow at La Salette. All right. How is that possible? Well, the more you love, the more you will suffer. John Harden, Father John Harden, used to say, the more you love, the more you will suffer because suffering and love are inseparable. Okay, but here's the thing. But if God and those in heaven can't suffer, then how can he love us? You just said they were inseparable, Father. All right, here's the thing. God is not hurt by the fact that we hurt him. God is hurt by the fact that we are hurting ourselves. When a parent sees a child hooked on drugs, those drugs are not physically hurting the parent. The parent is hurt because the child is hurt. And so God is hurt when we sin because we're hurting ourselves. So in that sense, there is regarding sorrow There is that kind. But wait a minute, Father. This says there will be no joy. There will only be joy. Yes, because when we get to heaven, we will be self-contained in joy, united to God. Well, I'll have sorrow for my souls that aren't there, that souls that are lost to hell. I remember one woman said to me, and I put this in my book, that I don't want to go to heaven if all of my relatives and family and my children and my pets aren't there. I don't want to go to heaven. I will not be happy in heaven if my children are not there. That's a great question. But actually, surprisingly, you won't be sorrowful because it'll be fully revealed to you that souls who are not in heaven chose not to be there. They didn't want to be there. They chose, as the saints tell us, to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. So you won't be sorrowful that your loved ones aren't there, you will realize that they got what they chose, what they wanted. Crazy. I know it, but this is why we pray so that they will be there with us. And tomorrow we'll talk more about this. All right. A couple more. Well, we have possessions in heaven. <clears throat> what will we possess in heaven? Nothing and everything. <laughs> All right. It's kind of like me Um, having a business and a home and a fiance and, or a girl that I was planning on marrying. I, I, I I had no idea that those things on earth weren't the fullness of happiness. I thought on paper, I've got everything. Now I've got nothing. I, I, I don't have a home. I, well, I mean, I have a place to live, but I don't have a, a lake home. I don't have a business. I don't have a girlfriend, but I do have something that makes me happier than anything in my life, my vocation. And I don't even possess it. God gave it to me. I don't own it. It's like your soul. You can't sell your soul to the devil. You don't own it. God gives it to you to be a good steward. So this is why we detach from things on this earth In order to enter heaven, we must learn to die before we die. Last week I gave a talk on death and I said the reason that death is so fearful for people because they haven't practiced it. And people are like, what? Yeah, you practice death by detaching in this earth from things that hold us away from God. If it's sports on Sundays, I did a video on that. That's improper. If it's money, if it's Collected goods, if it's, I remember the bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> that is not the, the answer. All right, so learning detachment from the world, um, things that which can be possessed, because you can possess in this world, is our training for learning detachment for the next world. Because in heaven, we can't possess things. Just God, and we don't possess him. So um, it's funny because C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, when they asked him if they, if he thought he would possess any of his beloved books in his library, it was his prized possession on this earth, was his library books. And they asked him, C.S. Lewis, do you think you'll possess any of your beloved library books in heaven? And he said, only the ones I gave away on earth. is that Interesting. All right, just a couple more. Well, we have clothes in heaven. (laughs) This is interesting. All right. The clothes in heaven, the clothing of heaven is described in scripture as white garments. Why? Because white is the color of light. And as I said before, in heaven, how you'll be recognized is you will shine by the amount of light with which you reflected Christ on earth. So our heavenly clothes may express our earthly Story, who we are, for instance, Peter Kreef says Socrates will probably have his philosopher robe on. Heroes, um, you know, might have the, the garment that they, they were part of when they were here on earth, you know, that, 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 that led them to their martyrdom. Jesus, he said, will probably have a crown of thorns on, but those thorns will not be rose thorns. They will be diamonds. All right, two more quick ones. The famous one, the famous last two, these are the ones I get asked the most. Will my pets be in heaven? Will there be animals in heaven? All right, I kind of got to correct something I said the other day. Because I taught that Thomas Aquinas, or I said that Thomas Aquinas teaches, that remember, everything alive has a soul. You have a soul, animals have souls, and plants have souls. Yes, I got letters on that telling me I was crazy. I'm just telling you what the church teaches. The soul animates a body. So if anything is alive, it has a soul. The difference is the human has a rational, immortal soul. Only the human soul can think, is rational, and is immortal. Now, that's been Thomas Aquinas' teaching. All right? He says this is, this is how we view it. But C.S. Lewis and Peter Kreeft hold a different view. They say... Suppose that animals, and this is uh, C.S. Lewis, Peter Kreef pointed out. He says that animals are saved in their masters as part of their extended family. So if God saves you, he saves all of you. And if your pet was part of you, God brings all creation to himself. That's why you want your loved ones to be saved too. Now, the point is, I think your loved ones may not be saved. So that's why I kind of disagree with this. But I think it's fascinating. and We'll talk much more about it tomorrow. Finally, Father, I'm going to get bored in heaven. Billions upon billions of years, I'm going to get bored. No, because you are with God and God is infinite. There's no end to him. It would be like being on the eternal journey where every next block is a new, beautiful place to see. We never come to the end of exploring God. He's infinite. He is new every day. So there's no end to him. So you can't get bored. It's new every day. Heaven is eternal. Time does not pass. And that is what boredom is. Boredom is time passing with nothing stimulating. There's no time in heaven. It's all one big present eternal moment. All time is present at once, so there's no waiting. So there's no time that passes by to make you bored. Trust me on this one. You will not be bored in heaven. So praise be to God that we have something to hope for, to look forward to. It is called the beatific vision. It is called life with God in heaven. That's why we are here. That's why we were created. And that's why God sent you here to be with us as a Marian helper. Father, what do I do now as a Marian helper? You join us. You're doing it right now with the mass. Join us tomorrow at nine again for the mass at 11 for my talk on what heaven is like. I'll go into much more detail about this. I just gave you a little preview right now. And then at three, We'll be doing what Mary asked us, what Jesus asked through Mary, the five first Saturdays devotion to make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the blasphemies. And you'll hear Father Bob Venetti will talk about the Immaculate Conception and why sins against the Immaculate Conception are a blasphemy. And so we got some good stuff coming up. And all of this is our role as priests to get you to heaven so that you can experience what we just described. God bless you. And if sometimes in our journey to get you to heaven, you get offended or you don't like to hear it, just remember Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And God is all love to make those happen. So as I always laugh, people always say, Father Kaz is love and Father Chris, you are the truth. You need it both. Well, I'm not the truth. Only Jesus is the truth. But I teach the truth. You need both. Truth and love. And when we do that, we will experience that joy in heaven.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking, And God bless you.